Danish Your Heart on Fire podcast episode number 95. The podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance. The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast. We're getting closer and closer to 100 episodes, which is really, really, really exciting. And yeah, it's been a journey. And I believe this is going to be episode 96. And we were able to get the talented Michaela on the line with us this week. How are you doing, Michaela? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to come and sit in and have a chat and be on the podcast. Of course, it's my pleasure. Mm-hmm, definitely. So um, we know that 2020 has been a really crazy year for us dancers and for me as well. Like we used to travel a lot more and go to the festivals yeah. and have socials and things like that. And now all of that has been kind of stopped. So how mm-hmm. have you been adapting this year well actually it's been quite okay for me because like i lost kind of my other work that i had here in sweden in a shop during the first part of the pandemic pandemic mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Pandemic. but uh-huh. yeah uh, but then also it made me jump on an education that i've mm-hmm. been postponed for some years now so mm-hmm. I went on an education to become a barber mm-hmm. that I'm done with right now. So when you say barber, I guess in mm-hmm. the States, when we think barber, we think about people that are cutting hair. So are we doing like cutting hair or styling the hair or coloring the hair or all of the above or? I am like a, a male hairdresser, mm-hmm. like cutting ma- male hair and doing their beard. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing like now after the summer. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll talk more about that in the yeah, podcast. Yeah. See yeah. How that all got started and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on this podcast, obviously we know each other through the kids world, but I've interviewed mm-hmm. a lot of different people from different dance genres. So some people may not have heard about you. So. Yeah. Uh, if we were to give people kind of like a snapshot of what you did in 2019 or maybe like a short summary of your what you do in the kids world, can you let people know a little bit about you? Uh, yeah, well, I started with Kisomba Urban Kiss like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it's now. And I starting by just traveling to festival, enjoying and got to know more about the dance and become better and Mm -hmm. uh, then i met jojo Mm -hmm. and i don't remember exactly the year but maybe it was 2016 we start Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, we traveled together for two years. Mm -hmm. And then we ended the partnership in 2018. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So that's like my, my Kisomba journey. <laughs> for sure. But I, know. I think, okay, so I'm going to add some, some sauce mm -hmm. to your story. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like some, some hype sauce, because I feel like during that time in Urban Kids, Urban Kids was new. You guys mm -hmm. were definitely like one of the top couples of Urban Kids globally, I would say yeah. for sure. Definitely like Jojo had his style and like Anna and um, mm -hmm. Laurent and all these guys, like the partner, it was like up there. Yeah. And it was yeah. just really interesting to see like how that was really um, helping molding the scene and defining on what Urban Kids is, you know, so that's mm -hmm. really, really awesome. And for the people who are listening as well, I would say Michaela is definitely like one of the top followers in the world for sure. And we're going to talk about oh, that for sure. Thank you. Thank you. I know you have to be humble and say, okay, yeah, I can't say I'm one of the best followers in the world, but I can say it for you. So um, I would do that for you. <laughs> and we'll talk a little bit about the mindset of a follower as well, because I feel like there's um, a lot of layers of awareness that you have to be able to keep in mind. And yeah, you did the partnership with Jojo, but then after the partnership, you've done collaborations with Albeer and Ronnie yes. and like you still maintain your awesome following skills. So and that doesn't come easy. So um, we'll talk a little bit about your instruction and your your methodology mm -hmm. and things like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds so good. Can you let the listeners know where you are uh, speaking to us from? I'm speaking to you from Stockholm, Sweden. Is this where you were born? No, I was born in a smaller town, like three, four hours from Stockholm. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice, nice. And so I remember, I think I've been to Stockholm once. Yeah, I think once after Sweden, I stayed with Ronnie and I think mm -hmm. she stays in Stockholm. And so yeah, we went exactly. to his place. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. It was very cold. I need to come and see Stockholm <laughs> in like... Yeah, the <laughs> summer. You need to come in the summer because in the summer, Sweden is amazing. Mm, I can imagine. I really yeah. like going to Canada in the, mm -hmm. in the spring and the summertime as well, because it's just so beautiful and everybody's outside enjoying the weather yeah, and exactly. it's really, really nice. So that'll be really, really nice to do as well. And so yeah. let's go back to when you were younger uh, or when you first got introduced to dance. Mm -hmm. How did that start? Was it from your parents? Um, was it a hip hop class? Was it ballet? How did it start? Uh, when I was little, I was actually always saying like, oh, when I become uh, big, I'm going to become an artist. Mm -hmm. And then I was more like, I wanted to sing. I wanted to act. I was always like this, wanted to be in the spotlight girl. Mm -hmm. um, but then I actually started doing a lot of sports. Mm -hmm. I played soccer. Mm -hmm. And uh, then when I was going to start high school, I was still playing soccer, but I wanted to go this line where the focus was dance mm -hmm. because I also enjoy to dance. So then I had to like decide, do I want to continue with the sports or do I want to dance? And I decided to continue to dance. Nice. And when you played soccer, how involved did you get in soccer? Because I interviewed Mirti earlier. Mm -hmm. Actually, that was the podcast that we did today and she played field hockey. And that's kind of like physically intense with, uh -huh. I'm not sure what you call it, but they're swinging and hitting the ball and 
and things like that as well. So how was it just like something you did after school or did you compete in tournaments and things like that? I don't know like what kind of level I can tell that I was in, but like I was in a small city and I was in like the ladies team, the mm-hmm. A team. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I, I think I was pretty good because there was also <laughs> like, <laughs> there was another like bigger team that actually called me to ask if I could join their team instead. Mm, so you're so, getting recruited. Yeah, I was gonna, but I said no because I was happy with my team. But yeah, I think I was pretty good for like being in the small town. So. Nice, I got you. And can you remind me again how far this town was from Stockholm? Uh, it's around three to four hours. Okay, south. so not not too close. Mm. I got no. you. Nice. So uh, in high school, you decided to to join this. Was it a dance team or? No, it was like when you go in high school, you have different kind of focus. So some Mm -hmm. people, you know, go to become a nurse and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And my line was the focus was dance. Mm. I got you. So, yeah. So we had ballet, we danced modern, we danced hip hop and jazz Mm -hmm. and did all of those basic dances. Nice. And how was that experience for you? It was nice. It made me like fall in love with dance more. And I was like, okay, when I finish high school, I will move to Stockholm and I will become Mm. a dancer. And then I will go to New York and go on this (laughs) dance school. So yeah, I had like the big, big dreams first. Nice, nice, nice. And did you do any like uh, showcases or performances when you were in high school? Yeah, we had like every year we did this show showcase at the school. Is there a video of this on YouTube? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think I have some, you know, CDs where, uh-huh. where I had it when someone filmed it, but I don't know where the CDs are. Mm. My mom has the VHS of when I was uh, little and dancing. So, <laughs> yeah. But those don't exist anymore. No, we actually have like, yeah, those uh, when I was even younger, mm. uh, I was doing, we had a competition called Fuskis. Fuskis? What is Fuskis? Fuskis. <laughs> I don't know like the translation to English, but it's like, you know, when you, when you don't sing, but you perform, when you meme. Uh, choreac- like karaoke. No, you don't sing for real. You're just like. Ah, uh, okay. So you're like pre- um, pretending, pretending to, to sing. sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like we have the yeah, lip syncing, mm-hmm. and I did those competitions for years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, nice. and yeah, so I won two times, and yeah, it was my thing. You know, you could dance, you can pretend mm-hmm. that you were singing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this was when you were younger, before. Yeah, football? it was like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was when I was like from fourth grade to sixth grade, or something mm-hmm. like that. I yeah. got you. What was one Mm -hmm. of your favorite songs to sing? Uh, I don't remember. I think it was this one. Uh, I'm a big, big girl in a big, big world. Yeah, the Barbie Girl song. No, not the Barbie Girl. I don't want to sing, but I don't know the name. (laughs) You can sing. It's audio. This is the podcast. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. No, I don't know the name. But she sing like, I'm a big, big girl in a big, big world. It's not a big, big thing if you leave me. You heard that one? It's an old, old song. By who? I'm gonna Go ahead and check. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I, I think it's here. Lyrics. Emilia Mitikwa. No, Mitiku. I don't know if she, maybe she's Swedish. No. 
Emilia. Her name was Emilia. That That's sounds song. vaguely familiar. Maybe I'll find yeah. it and I'll put like a snippet in the podcast yeah. so people can check it out. Yeah, I remember I, I sing this a lot then, yeah. Mm. That's nice, <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you did that? Oh my God, it's so many years. <laughs> so <laughs> has, it, has it been something you've done recently? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I got you. I got you. <laughs> So going back to your dance, um, mm-hmm. you were introduced to ballet and modern and jazz and all these things. And you did a couple of showcases. Um, how long did that last? And what was your next step after that? Uh, so it was for three years in high school. And then after directly, I moved to Stockholm by myself. Mm-hmm. And I went to a one year education with the focus on all the street dances. Mm-hmm. I got and you. yeah. And I began my life here in Stockholm and the focus was just dance, 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 dance. (laughs) Mm, So moving to Stockholm by yourself and I'm not sure about like the lifestyle in Sweden. Is it common for like younger women to just leave the house and like be on their own and own their own money and things like that? Because even here in the States, sometimes it's sometimes some girls can wait and maybe they'll live with their parents a little bit longer or maybe they go off to college and stay on campus there, or maybe they stay living with their parents until they get married, or that, is that the kind of norm in, in Sweden? Like in Sweden, here it's like, when you're 18, you're kind of out. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless yeah, if like, you are male or female. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And like, that is one thing for us that like, that's what we want to do. When we finish mm. school, we want to move out. Mm. But yeah, of course, like people who live here in Stockholm, it's not so easy maybe to get a house apartment here. So Mm -hmm. you maybe stay longer in your parents' house. Mm -hmm. But like in a small town, even if I would have stayed there, I would have got my own place when I finished school as soon as possible. I got you. So there's, is the college education and things like that free for you guys in Sweden? Yes. Okay. So you don't have to worry about like college debt and things like that. Yeah. No, of course there is. I didn't do it. So I I cannot like be 100%. But there are like some that you have to pay for, but you get CSN, like uh, money support Mm -hmm, and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And I think there are some that are free as well. I got you. Yeah. No worries. It's definitely <laughs> interesting to see like what happens in other parts of the world versus like what yeah. happens in the states because some of the debt that we have for our students here is just insane, you know. And yeah. it's really like a huge thing that we're trying to deal with with a lot of students coming out with like such huge student loan debt, you know, which is yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um. So you moved to Stockholm on your own, and how old were you? Where did you work? Like. Obviously, dance was like a major part of your your <laughs> your world at that particular time. Yeah. But like, how was that like stepping out on your own as a as a an adult? Like to look back, mm-hmm. it was very tough because like during the time, like when I moved here, I didn't have any place to stay actually. Mm-hmm. So for two years, I lived in my suitcase, kind of. Mm-hmm. And just went to this friend, to Dick's ex-boyfriend and stuff Mm. like that to stay at their place until I finally, two years in living in Stockholm, I got my first apartment. Mm. I gotcha. Yeah. And where were you working? I was working like two or three months in Burger King. Mm -hmm. Nice. 
Yeah, that was my first one. And uh-huh. then I got a contract in, um, how do you say, grocery shop? Mm-hmm. Food, food, grocery food markets. Yeah, yeah, grocery mm-hmm. store. And I worked there for um, four years, I think. Mm-hmm. My first job was at a Walgreens, which is kind of like your corner store pharmacy that has uh-huh. like, it's not like a full grocery store, but it has the pharmacy, it has the drinks, it has the Photoshop department inside. And that was yeah. where I was a cashier for my first job. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's nice. So you were working at these jobs, you were doing your dance life. And how was it doing those? I guess you mentioned you worked at Burger King, you worked at the grocery store place for several years and you were dancing mm-hmm. during that time. So was there like a goal that you're working towards or was it just like looking for one project to the next project to the next project? I think, you know, as a dancer, it's hard sometimes to take that step mm-hmm. to do like dance 100% because mm-hmm. maybe you will not earn as much money as you need. Mm-hmm. So when I worked in the shop, I only worked part-time, so Mm -hmm. I could do both. I was dancing Mm -hmm. and I was working there. And for me, that's always been good. I've never, like, had a full-time job in my whole life, actually. Mm, I got you. (laughs) Because because I want to dance and I want to have that as a part of my life. So I've always tried to manage, like, having a normal job and still dancing as a job. For sure. Uh, and I started to dance pretty early also in a dance school that I'm still working at. And yeah, I worked there and I worked at the shop. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you mentioned when you're in high school, you did kind of like the classical dances. And then when you went to Stockholm, you did a focus on the street dances and you still mm-hmm. haven't done any partner dancing at this point. No. Yeah. I don't remember. I think it was like maybe one year in, I actually started to dance salsa and bachata a little Mm -hmm. bit. In Stockholm? In Stockholm, yes. Mm -hmm. So I lived here for like one or two years and I started to dance social at dance school that I work at today. And I was just like, oh, this is nice. And I took some classes in salsa and met some friends. You know, I got in the scene a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then I also started to dance uh, a lot of dance hall. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when I started in the dance hall, I was like a lot into dance hall. But then you. when I started to dance more salsa and bachata, I really got like, you know, addicted to the couple, mm-hmm. <laughs> couple dance. I got you. And yeah, it was just on that way. And since then, I didn't stop dance couple dance. And when you start, couple dance it's like you you put a lot of focus on that even if you Mm. maybe don't work work with it you put Mm -hmm. a lot of focus and you kind of i didn't forget all of the other dances but couple dance became like when you come in the community Mm -hmm. it's like such a nice vibe there is a nice vibe in hip-hop and stuff like that too but i think that when i started with couple dance it was some other kind of vibe that i maybe liked more Mm. Do you know what the difference was? Was it like more of a community? Was it more, I guess, how was that transition? Because so much focus on solo dancing and then now you're doing the, the couple dancing and now it's like, you don't have to memorize a choreography anymore. And I'm wondering, like, was most, a lot of your solo dancing, was it um, improvisation, like freestyle or was it more choreo based? 
It was more choreo based because also, honestly, I think I am like super bad at freestyling and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So I think it was like a safety also to start with couple dance because I didn't need to improvise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, but I really miss to like do choreos and to memorize and stuff like that. So my goal is for next year actually to take like more classes mm. for me. Yeah, definitely. I got you. So mm. your introduction to the couple dance was through the solo dance classes you were taking at the studio that also offered partner dancing. How was it? I think I started to take the classes and I met uh, Gigi, Gisem. She's also dancing yeah, Urban Kiss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so I know her for many years. Uh, so we started to hang out, you know, and then we were gonna out, gonna go out to this salsa club or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, there we met the teacher that had the classes before, and they asked us if we wanted to teach with them. Mm, <laughs> so okay. we were like, we were new, you know. So we were like, uh-huh. yeah, why not? Why not? And I think, yeah, there were, were it all began. Mm-hmm. It was there. Okay. And so how uh, into salsa did you get? Did you like do choreos or performances with salsa was, or was it just classes and socials? It was actually more bachata. Mm. Uh, and yeah, when I started at the dance school, I was in this ladies team mm-hmm. and we were dancing. I don't know if we mixed salsa and bachata, but it was like a lady styling bachata show. Mm-hmm. I got you. But I didn't teach. I didn't teach so much in salsa and bachata. I assist a little bit, but I never felt like that secure of teaching salsa and bachata because I didn't feel that I was like one hundred percent there to mm. to know what I was talking about. Exactly, and then there's and a lot I, of talent in the competition with that as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and also like with the um, with the hip hop and dancehall and everything. I think I also went into couple dance and especially kisomba because in uh, hip hop and stuff like that, I also didn't feel like I don't like have the heart to teach because mm-hmm. I don't know one hundred percent what I'm talking about. I got you. I don't know the culture and everything of that. But when I like find Kisomba, I was like, okay, I'm, I know what my body is doing and I know mm-hmm. what I can say. You feel me? Yeah, definitely. For sure. You want to feel like some level of understanding and like mm-hmm. just being able to teach from a good point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that for sure. And I guess like for me, before I found out about Kizomba, I was dancing salsa and bachata for maybe five or six years, but I never okay. even taught anything, you know, but there were yeah. already like, there's already a festival. There was already like six different performance teams. There was already mm-hmm. instructors. Like there's already so many talented people around me. So it's yeah. like, let me just learn from all these different things, you know? But yeah. when I started Kizomba, like there was nothing there. <laughs> there's no festival, <laughs> no social, no classes, no nothing. So somebody had to like step up to like mm-hmm. start learning or start showing people. And so yeah. that, was, that was definitely a little bit different when I started Kiz. Exactly. And I think it was kind of the same here. We didn't have it a lot. So I was like, I probably saw my chance to mm-hmm. make something happen. I got you. So tell us the story of how you first got introduced to Kizomba. 
It was actually, you know, Christopher Menchak. Mm-hmm. He's also Swedish, yeah? Exactly. And me and Gesem, she was like, we're going to go and try something like called Kisomba. And I was like, what is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to this party and I was on the bachata floor. And then I saw everybody go into the Kisomba floor and I saw Christopher and I was like, okay, Christopher, you want to dance with me? And he was like, okay. And I was like, I'm just going to close my eyes because that's what I heard that you're going to do. <laughs> so we started to dance and I closed my eyes and I just tried to follow. And it was like amazing. And I was like, oh my God, okay, this is nice. So this is Kisomba, okay. And yeah, that was like my first introduction. Nice. And how did that dance go? Do you remember what song you danced to? Like, how was the feeling? I don't remember the song, but at that time, it was a lot of uh, Mika Mendes. Mm-hmm. So it was probably like, uh, oh, what is the song? Na, 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 na. Are you talking about Magical? Yeah. Yeah, Magical. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many songs, but it's, it's good to yeah. have those throwback songs every now and then. Exactly. So it was this one. And from what I remember, it was a good dance. It mm-hmm. went good. I got you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so was it an issue being as close to your partner? Or I said you also did bachata, so that wasn't really a thing mm-hmm. either. No, no, no problem. I got you. Because I know some girls, when they first see Kizomba, it's like, no, it's too close. I feel <laughs> uncomfortable. What am I supposed to do? I'm a hugger. I like it. <laughs> I got you. So yeah, yeah. you've heard of the, the five love languages, Yeah. I've heard, but like, I, I think I saw a movie a few days ago when they were talking mm-hmm. about this and I'm like, do I really know them? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So it's a book uh, by a guy named Gary Chapman. And uh-huh. so there's five love languages. It's uh, physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation, uh, acts of service and gifts. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, I've, right. mm-hmm. I've like nerded out on this uh, subject a little bit with Kizoma people. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the most popular two love languages for Kizoma people are physical touch and quality time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, you can go to the website and like take the quiz. It's for free. You can find out like what your top love languages are. But um, yeah, you yeah. have to send me the link so I can do it. Yes, I, I'll send you the link. And so when you say you're a hugger, that's like a little signal for me. That's all you, one of your top love languages is probably physical touch. Indeed. Of course mm-hmm. it is. And mm-hmm. Another interesting thing as well is like, you also have to think about like how you like to receive and then also what you tend to give because it's not mm-hmm. always the same. So just because yeah. you score high in physical touch doesn't mean that, okay, give me all the touch and I'm also going to give the touch or give me words of praise and I'm also going to give it back. Sometimes that's the case, but sometimes Mm -hmm. you might feel more comfortable giving acts of service or giving a gift or something of that nature, you know? Uh Mm Uh-huh. So it was a nice dance with Christopher. And then what happened after that with what did Gigi make you do next? Uh, What did you do? (laughs) Um, We started to go to festivals actually. Mm. So, like close after that, we decided like a group of us to go to the Revenge Festival, the Summer Central mm-hmm. Days. Mm-hmm. And that was my first festival. And I think there was the place I fell in love with Kesomba for real. Mm-hmm. I got you. Because there you saw like 
high quality DJs. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what classes that you took? Like who were your favorite dance couples like starting out to like watch and learn from? Did you have any uh, girl crushes on some followers or some couples or anything like that? Actually, I don't even remember if I took any classes. I remember that I went into Albir's class mm-hmm. and I joined for a little bit. But during all these years, I've been really bad of taking classes. Mm-hmm. But I remember the festival because I met Albir and I danced with Albir. And mm-hmm. I met Morenasso and I danced with Morenasso. And mm-hmm. they were so nice. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Nice. Was there a particular song that you remember from that festival that's like, that like summarized your experience there? Actually, yes, but I never remember the song's name. Mm. But it was just, uh, (laughs) I remember like we were having this uh, after party with all the French guys that we got to know them. (laughs) That Mm -hmm. is also now like most of the DJs in the scenes. Nice, I got you. And, and I was always like, oh, what is, what is this song? And I tried to like, Mm-mm-mm-mm. and the DJs were like, how do you think I can know the song <laughs> by you doing this? And I was like, but you should know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think also Gata Morena was yeah. one of the songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Mika Mendes. For sure. So you like more yeah. of the Ghetto Zook? Yeah. I got you for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have this wonderful experience at summer central days in Ravine. I still haven't gone <laughs> to that. I don't know if they're doing them anymore, but I've heard everybody who's gone has had like a wonderful magical time there. And Ravine yeah. is also a very beautiful place as well. Yes. Yes. And so what happened after that? Cause this must, what do you remember what year this was for your first Kizoma festival? I think it was 2013 or 14. Mm. The thing this with uh, the thing with the years, I always have to go like on Facebook to <laughs> to watch my picture when I post this. I'm like, oh yeah, I started Kisomba this year. I went there this year. Uh huh. I got you. Because no I never remember. But yeah, I think it was 13 or 14. I got you. Mm-hmm. Um. So you had this wonderful experience at the festival, and what happened after? After that, you just kept going to festivals and... Like right after that, I was like, I was so hooked. I cried when I was going to leave because me and one (laughs) other friend, we were going to leave like a few days before the other guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then as soon as we came back to Sweden, we decided, okay, in uh, a few weeks, we will go to Paris to this swimming festival. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I remember those. I remember those. Yeah. yeah. So we booked everything and the thing was like, I was already kind of broke, (laughs) (laughs) but I was like, no, no, I will take my last money and I will go to this festival because I didn't have enough. Exactly. So we went to Paris and that was like a new experience itself, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, after that, I just... The same year I went to Paris Kisomba Congress Definitely. and it was the That's first time one. that I met Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just continue like every third month, I think we went to a festival, our group of, of girls. I got you. So did you notice a difference from summer sensual days to like your first Paris experience and like, obviously like there's a lot of DJs, there's like the taxi mm-hmm. dancers and all that and things like that. So 
how did you like like the French style of Kizomba versus like dancing without beer is different than dancing with Moranaso, which is different different than dancing with the French guys. So I mm-hmm. guess you were learning about like the different styles. How was that experience? I think that has been like one of the most fashion fascinating and like mm-hmm. the the best experience because I don't know if it's because I dance so many other styles before. And I like to try different styles. So mm. for me, it's just been like so fun and challenging for me to adapt to every new dance partner that I dance with. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, mm. it's definitely. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the following uh, skills and abilities and things like that as well. But um, that was the first, you said you met Jonathan for the first time at the Paris Kizoma Congress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else happened during that festival? What else happened? We were like a bunch of girls. We mm-hmm. called ourselves for the Swedish Mafia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or maybe that was the year after because we went... The Swedish this group of, Mafia. I remember this. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We went for like three years in a row to the Paris mm-hmm. Summer Congress. And yeah, we booked the house and we stayed there and we invited all the French guys and we just danced and danced and danced like nonstop. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's the way to do it. No sleep. Yeah, no sleep. <laughs> I got you. So um, you met Jojo at this particular festival. Um, did you guys dance? Was there like a spark of a partnership or what was that experience like? Was he already teaching? Oh, I th- yes. I th- yeah, I think he was maybe teaching. I know he was dancing at least mm-hmm. at this time. But yeah, I just remember like it was the first guy I had this connection with like on so many levels and it was mm. so fun, fun to dance with him. And he was already then like doing things that other guys didn't do, like with some lifts and tricks, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just remember like and people were watching us a little bit at the, at the party when we were dancing. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a cool feeling. Nice. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. And so what happened next? What happens next? Um, I think I continue to dance here back in Sweden. I was teaching at the dance school. I was going to festivals. Were you teaching Kizomba or other dances? Yeah, I was teaching actually with Roni Mm. at the dance school. We started a little bit to have classes there. Where did you meet Ronnie? How was that? Oh, Ronnie, Ronnie. It was so (laughs) nice. (laughs) It was so fun because he was, I think he was starting to come to the socials Mm -hmm. at at the dance school. And I just remember one time we we danced and I think was like, oh, this guy is so good. Because Mm -hmm. we didn't have so many people dance Kisomba and Urban Kiss in Sweden. Definitely. So when I danced with him, it was just like, wow. And I took him aside and I was like, you're really good. Like, just continue doing like what you do. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't take so long. And then he was phony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah. So you were teaching with Ronnie uh, back at the beginning. What was the name of this uh, school that you guys were teaching at? Uh, it's Stockholm Salsa Dance. I got you. Yeah. And I still and teach is- there today. I got you. Um, was this before the Sweden Kizomba Festival was a thing? Yes. I got you. So this is before then. Yeah. I got I you. So go ahead. You, you I have a video and it's like six years ago. Six years with ago. Ronnie? Yeah, we drone at the dance school. 
Can you send me that one? I'll put it in the in the link. Oh my, I don't know. I don't know if he will let me, but yeah, I. I if it's on YouTube. Is it on no, YouTube? No, it's on my Facebook uh, with my videos. Ah, I got you. Yeah. I think Ronnie is is cool with like showing like, hey, here's where I was and yeah, exactly. I, I, I think so too. So yeah, I, I will send you the link. What song were you guys dancing to in that video? If I put it on, will you hear it? Yeah, I heard a little bit of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, all of me, all of me. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So all of me. That's Pilo. All mm-hmm. of me. Um, into the remix. Okay, so it makes sense. <laughs> yes. Um, by John Legend. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. So you met Ronnie. Uh, you met JoJo. You had this connection. Um, was anybody else that like kind of stood out to you at that particular time uh, that was like closer to you, or mm, you mean like teachers or yeah. just the teachers per- or or people? No, I think like mostly. It was Albir and Morinasso. I think mm-hmm. I looked up to them because they were the first teachers that I met. Mm-hmm. And like right away, they were so humble to me. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So, mm-hmm. Okay. So what happens next? You're teaching kids with Ronnie. You're going to Paris and going to the festivals and getting more in love with Kizomba. And I guess you're getting your feet wet with teaching kids. Yeah. So how did those initial days of like teaching uh, get started as you got better and better? Like I've always had a problem to talk in front of people. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning or like for a long time, I had a really hard time of teaching. So with the years, I've just like learned more and more, like not be nervous to like talk in front of people. So that is one of the biggest thing I had to work on when I started to teach. Um, but yeah, I just continue to teach at the dance school and then it got to the point where I had two friends that told me they was going to move to Paris and I was going to lose my first apartment and I was so tired of my work in the shop. So Mm. I was like, okay, I will just come with you. Mm-hmm. And there was the moment also, I was like, okay, it's now I'm going to try to do 100% dance. Let's see if it works. Mm-hmm. And so what was your plan for doing 100% dance? Like teaching and, and teaching just kids or teaching across all kinds of different styles? Or what was the, I guess, hope? I think I didn't really have a plan, maybe. I don't remember, but <laughs> my my hope was probably to find someone to teach Urban Kiss with. Because, mm. yeah, like I said, in other style, I never felt like that comfortable to teach in. Mm-hmm. But with the Kisomba, I was like, this is my thing. Nice. So, yeah. And I know, like, I will move to Paris. I will try to get Jonathan to dance with me. Mm-hmm. I got you. And so how did mm-hmm. that go? It took a while. Yeah. <laughs> I think it took maybe I lived in Paris like from the summer until December until we decided to work together. Mm-hmm. And so how was it? Was did was he already traveling to go to festivals at that particular time? Uh, he was dancing with Marine. 
as a partner. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I, I remember yeah, this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, they have been teaching a little bit, I think, before. And then that partnership ended, yeah? Yes. And so then you found like, okay, this is maybe an opportunity for you guys to start? Yeah, like, I don't know what he would say, but... <laughs> I, <laughs> and there's but always my, two sides to a story. Yeah, there's so always no two sides. <laughs> but my version was really like, I was saying like, yeah, I think we should dance together. We should do the Africa Dancer together. Mm-hmm. But he said no. Mm-hmm for first but then one day when I was like okay my money's finished I need to go back to Sweden mm-hmm. because I have no one that uh, no one else that I want to dance with I got you but then I got a text from him so hey we're gonna work together and on that you. track it is mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. how was it to like start out like people don't know Jojo Micaela like right from one day to the next, you know? So Mm -hmm. like did you start teaching locally in Paris or did you already have bookings for festivals? And obviously like, okay, you said your money was finished. So Mm -hmm. negotiating pay and things like that is okay to ask about that. Mm. We don't have to talk about money, but like obviously <laughs> no. you need to earn money to yeah, like yeah. be able to continue. Yeah. No, but uh, Jojo, uh, at the, in the same message, he said, so we have this booking and this booking and this booking kind of. Mm. And then also at the same time, I think it was like a little bit before maybe he said that he wanted to work together, that I got a proposal from an organizer called Angel in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, and asked if I wanted to come and teach. And I told her, yes, I can ask Jojo if he maybe wants to teach with me. Mm-hmm. And I asked him and he said, yes. And that nice. was our first job together. Nice. And how did that experience go? It went good. It yeah. was really nice. And I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I remember about your partnership with Jojo is like the unique moves like and the legs and the tricks and the dips and then there was the tango ocho kind mm-hmm, of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well yeah how was that to like create the different i guess unique kind of like signature moves like was it when you're practicing and training and these things kind of came up and it's like okay let's say this one and then you have to like i guess remember it or save it somewhere to reuse again and things like that if I'm going to be honest, people mm-hmm. will probably think that I'm lying, mm-hmm. but me and Jojo, we never practiced together. Mm. We had only one practice, like, okay, let's practice one time. Mm-hmm. And then we practiced when we were going to do the shows. But other from that, the only time we danced together was in the parties. Mm. I got you. And um, I think like he created a lot when he was dancing in social. Mm. both with me and with other girls and then sure. he he just tried it with me and that's how we came up with it or he came up with it i don't know what to say yeah. i got you and i guess like after recording because you know like if you're dancing at the social you don't necessarily mm-hmm. have a camera there to see like yeah okay, how does the access look do I look mm-hmm. straight and things like that so i guess was it like, let's dance or do a demo? And then after that, you check, take a look at the demo. You kind of analyze it and see where you can kind of clean up because there's definitely some like unique things that definitely start to kind of like, 
uh, start to grow after time, yeah? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, for me, it was like, I kind of memorized like a lot of his moves. Mm-hmm. And I, I watch me a lot, like what I did in all the videos because mm-hmm. I wanted to become better because we didn't For practice. Sure. So I had to like watch myself again and again and again to see, okay, my legs should be more straight there or I mm-hmm. should do this. And the more we did it also, I know how to do with my body weight and how to be tense and, and exactly. stuff like that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Cause it's definitely like you see over the years and with each demo is like, you see like the, <laughs> maybe it was just a lift here and then the lift turns into like a leg flick and then the leg flick mm-hmm. turns into a turn mm-hmm. and, they're definitely like Jojo moves out there as well. So yeah, that's, that's been pretty cool. So obviously the, the partnership ended and we don't have to get into like the details or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I remember, I don't know, you can let me know if you feel comfortable about this part being in the podcast or not, but mm-hmm. I remember I hired you guys for NeoKiz 2017. Mm-hmm. And then it was yeah. like a couple of months right before that partnership ended or right before the next year. And yeah. I remember that was like kind of like, okay, well, if the partnership is not ended, there was a decision on me as the organizer hiring Jojo as by himself or or bringing you to dance with somebody else possibly. And Mm -hmm. I guess that happened maybe multiple times. Yeah. Like uh, at the breakup, I think the only organizer that I respect from their decision is you and one more. Really? Because, yeah, because all of the other organizers choose to just take JoJo. Mm, I did not. Mm. Know, I didn't know I was the only one, but I remember yeah. making a post about it, and it's like, well, if I yeah. can't have both, then it doesn't make sense just to bring the guy, you know. And yeah, and I respect that so much. Thank you. Mm, yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of sad to hear, and yeah. I, I appreciate you sharing that for sure because I know it's it's mm. kind of vulnerable. But I guess it just kind of shows a depiction of like what our dancing uh, yeah. looks like. And yeah, I think that's an opportunity to like do better. Yeah. You know, this year, like there was the whole crazy thing that was happening with uh, like sexual misconduct and sexual mm-hmm. assault and then just professionalism in the dancing, you know, and yeah. it goes both ways. Like, how do you handle like a professional partnership, you know, because in the, in the situation of like sexual misconduct, yes, there are entities of the organizers, but like we're not like legal entities, you know, we can't mm-hmm. really sue or take somebody to the court. We don't have lawyers and like accountants and things like that. So it's very, I guess, not regulated. It's very just like even if you happen to have a huge festival, it's not yeah. like a huge corporation or anything like that, you know. And mm-hmm. so sometimes like. And then even with the artists, like there's no test, there's no certification, there's nothing that you really have to do to like actually become an instructor, you know? So when it comes to an issue to where like an artist, maybe an organizer pays for a flight, but then the artist doesn't take the flight and the artist loses or the organizer loses that money or Mm -hmm. vice versa, the organizer doesn't pay an artist or something like that. Or how do you even manage like between partnership couples when, when a partnership ends, it's like, it's really just up to whatever you feel because there's really nothing yeah. even guiding you or what like the best practices could be or mm-hmm. what's fair and equitable at that particular time. And yeah. I remember before the podcast, I was asking you like, what do you feel like 
And it doesn't have to be like specifically you and Jojo, because I'm pretty sure you've heard about different partnerships ending in the kids world, because that seems to yeah. be our thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's crazy. What would be like a fair way to like end a partnership? Because you can't force somebody to work with somebody. That's, that's mm-hmm. understandable. Like yeah, yeah, everything yeah. that starts and ends. So it's, it's not saying you have to be partnerships or in a dance cup partnership forever. But I mm-hmm. still feel like there's a way to go about it, doing it in an equitable and a fair way. Um, yeah. So what are your thoughts on like how a, a professional partnership can end and be fair and professional at the same time? I think in one way, it's hard to say because you don't know how the situation will be. Like maybe you are like super mad at each other that you cannot really stand each other. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's like, even if you're like so mad at the time it happened that you split, mm. we are adults. We mm-hmm. are human. Like, why can we not just try to figure it out so it's mm-hmm. equal for both of us? Maybe we can just finish the bookings mm-hmm. that we both are signed for. Mm-hmm. We just go there, do the class, and then we mm-hmm. go the opposite ways. Do our thing, for sure. Exactly. Uh, and for me, like, I could have done that easily. It would be been hard. But for mm. me, it was like to lose everything, like just in one minute. Mm. It's not fair. And I know it happens to most of the girls in the scene. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because the organizer also are like, yeah, because he is the leader and he can just take any girl. Yeah. But for me, it's like, I don't think I would ever have done that to my partner if it was the opposite. Mm-hmm. Even... Like I said, even if you're like so mad at the other person, can't you just like try to clear your thoughts, like really try at least a few bookings Mm -hmm. so you're not just let us hanging. (laughs) I don't know. Exactly. And and I feel like, I mean, relationships are hard, whether it's in dance or romantic or with friends, Mm -hmm. like we're human, we're learning, we have traumas, we have triggers, everybody needs therapy for something, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. not to say that we're we're perfect or anything like that, but this this is somebody that you considered like your dance partner, like your friend. Exactly. Yeah. Just can like kick them to the curb and like leave them with nothing and especially knowing that they left their job. This is their mm-hmm. yeah. primary source of income and things like that. Like to be fair, like, Hey, maybe let's finish the bookings. Don't accept any new future bookings or anything yes, like that. Yes. And yes, exactly. That would have been a lot easier. So there's time to transition and yeah. they're not left without anything, you know? So, yeah. Um, I remember talking a little bit with, uh, Laurent, and Mm -hmm. Adeline and he was telling me like they just got to a point to where they didn't accept any future bookings but they tried to like finish uh the Mm -hmm. ones that they had together you know even though it was like uncomfortable and hard and things like that but it's like you just have to be kind of professional with it you know so exactly Exactly. it's a a personal professional decision it's not there that can help protect you that you can like nope I'm I'm going to take this to the Kizomba court and Mm -hmm. like I don't know, hold on to my bookings or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that like more organizers didn't, didn't jump on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was only like two of them, you know? And yeah. can I ask how many bookings there were? Cause I know you guys at that particular time, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, yeah. you guys were like top of the top. He's on mm-hmm. easily one of the top three urban kids couples yeah. in the world. So in that instance, like how far out did the bookings go? They're like a year out, two years out, three years out. 
I'm like not 100% sure, but we finished in like March and I know mm. for sure we had like almost every weekend the year out. Mm. Yeah. And I know that we had some bookings for the next year coming too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, it was pretty much, it was pretty much. For sure. So yeah, that's very, very unfortunate. And I hope having this conversation with you and, and having mm-hmm. the podcast is letting other people hear about it as well. And I remember making that decision about it um, and posting it. And there were a lot of, there were some organizers that contacted me and has said, Hey, that's, that's pretty cool what you did and things like that. Yeah. So it's crazy. So hopefully we can do better in the future for the kissing because it's, yes. it's so many Kizomba breakups. <laughs> It's yes, crazy, crazy, like crazy. there is nobody left. <laughs> Let's see next year. I think there will be a new, uh, many new upcomings. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think, yeah, definitely, because yeah, everyone broke up. So. <laughs> <laughs> and now Kinda. there's just like collaborations, which are cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember like the video that you did with uh, Albier to uh, mm-hmm. the FKG, FKJ song. Yeah, uh, that demo was so 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 good. Aww, um, I'll make you. sure that I put that in the show notes so the listeners yeah. can can check that out. And the one that you did in the playground with Ronnie, that one yeah. was also really, 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 really good. And I also put that link in the show notes. <laughs> and that one is uh, like uh, so. How do you say in English? No, not unpredictable. When you say. In, yeah, it was so improvised. I was mm. like, okay, let, we, let's do a video. And we took uh-huh. just the, the stativa or what it mm-hmm. called, you know, where you put the f- with, where you put the phone and we just like danced for a while and everybody liked it. And we were like, okay, <laughs> it, was it was just so like, yeah, it was nice. Mm-hmm. Ronnie's musicality is really good. Yeah, it's sick. So on that note, let's talk about you as a follow and like mm-hmm. being a badass follow, like, So you said that (laughs) (laughs) you started not too long ago. It's only like from 20 to go from 2017, from 2013 to 2017 to like your first kids festival to like where you were in the kids world, 2016, Mm -hmm. 2017. That's Mm -hmm. a huge jump. So what do you feel like were the, the skills and like maybe even the mindset that allowed you to like really grow as a follow having your balance, having your access, being able to, to, to do tricks and like come out of them clean and not sloppy mm-hmm. and things like that. Like, I guess, let us know how the, the brain of Michaela works. Oh, I think it's really good that I've done so much before, mm-hmm. like other styles. Like I did the ballet, I did the jazz and more than hip hop. I think it's good that I have this because I have a lot of body control. Mm-hmm. And I think that have helped me like so, so, so much, especially like with doing the tricks. Mm-hmm. I know like exactly what to do, like with my body to not mm-hmm. become sloppy. And like, but if you see like my first videos with Jojo, when we do the tricks, mm. like there is also a change. It was sure. okay. But mm-hmm. in the end, it was like kind of perfect Yeah, <laughs> because definitely. I, I learned by the, uh, by the way, how to handle it better. Mm-hmm, definitely. Do you work out? Are you like a fitness person, like doing abs and crunches and planks and things like that? I work out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to go at least one time a week, but actually I don't do a lot of abs. I should be better at doing that. But yeah, mm. I work out and I've always like been kind of a fit person, I guess. I got you. 
Because yeah. it does take core strength to be able to like hold mm-hmm. your core and be tight and yeah. to be able to not just let gravity pull you mm-hmm. where it wants to go, you know? Yeah, definitely. I got you. So you did the dances before and you feel like that really helped you out as well as far as... Yeah. Um, so like when you started to teach and you're teaching other followers and mm-hmm. like you're teaching lady styling or kid styling and things like that, what would you say are like the main pillars of the class that you want to like teach the followers and, and show them how they can also like uh, be really good in their following? Are there like main core concepts that you teach? Yeah, in my classes, I teach more how to get control over your body and like mm-hmm. how to do the basic steps. Mm-hmm. I normally don't teach like a lot of lady styling, like choreos and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, I like go back to the beginning. Like there mm-hmm. are people coming to my class that dance for maybe three years and they mm-hmm. don't know the body movement in basic one. Mm-hmm. So I always start from the bottom. I learn them how to walk, how to do with their legs. I'm talking mm-hmm. a lot about like the core and like how important your position is. Mm-hmm. when you dance and how to stand and how to also when you dance with your partner that you cannot put too much weight on him because you need to have control over your body mm-hmm. over your axis yeah exactly to be able to become a better follower mm-hmm. so yeah i focus a lot like more on the lady itself how you should dance by yourself mm-hmm. because if you dance like good by yourself you will be even better when you dance with someone for sure. That's it makes, able to it give makes you sense. Support. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome. For sure. And so mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about life. You've done collaborations. You've mm-hmm. done styling. I've seen a couple of videos of you doing like a ladies team with like cool transitions and formations yeah. and <laughs> things like that. Did you learn that from like your street dance background? I don't know. Like I like to choreograph. Mm-hmm. And like in the urban case, Kisomba, it's like more difficult because like in a hip hop show, you can have like so many ups, mm-hmm, but uh, urban case can be so flat. So it's like yeah. really hard to find it to the become accent. interesting. Yeah. And to become mm-hmm. interesting for the viewer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm trying to do my best and like it's getting better and better. And mm-hmm. I think it's just fun. I got you. So how do you choose? Like, okay, if you say, okay, I want to do a choreo. Do -hmm. you choose the song first? Do you choose the outfit first? Is this, is there one move that inspires you? Like, how does that process begin? Like the creative process? For me, it's the song. Mm. Like if I don't find the song, I don't get like inspiration. Mm -hmm. I need to find that song that makes me want to do like steps and things to this kind of song. Gotcha. Because if, if I'm just sitting there, I don't find a song. I don't find like a story or I don't find steps. So mm. it's, it's all about the music. I think. I got you. So you find mm. the song with the music and then mm-hmm. what's the next step? I, I think I listen a lot to the song and uh, like the, the course, it's a course. The course of what? The course of the song. Is oh, it the chorus. When? Okay. Yes. So, this okay in English. There's two uh, different. How do you say? Yeah. There's course. We we can say like, hey, this is the course I'm taking at school, or you can uh-huh. say over the course of time. But then mm-hmm. in the music, there's the chorus. So A there's chorus. two syllables. Okay. Uh huh. So there's uh-huh. the chorus. Uh huh. So the chorus of the song you listen to and focus it's on. The co- 
yeah, is that the highlight of the song? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I listen to that and like feel like, okay, is there something cool I can do here? Mm. But yeah, I think I think it's different. And sometimes I'm like, like with my latest one, I like to start slow with a mm-hmm. slow song and then I build it up. Mm-hmm. And I need to find like two songs that I think fit good together. Yeah, that makes sense. Because if they don't fit, I always think like, okay, I need to find another song because they mm. need to like fit good together. For sure. So are you like in a studio in front of the mirror with your headphones or music playing and like finding the different moves <laughs> to fit the different things in the song? And then how do you remember, okay, this is what I did on this part of the song. And then even the transitions. Okay. If I have mm-hmm. seven girls, okay. One can go on the top and three can go on the side. So that makes a triangle. But if you have eight girls and the triangle doesn't work because it's not an mm-hmm. odd number, how mm-hmm. does all that flow and does it take time i actually like i when i when i do this uh, in the school i i pick a song first like at least one song Mm -hmm. and then i just uh, choreograph like a little parts because me i create better like during the time with Mm, the girls because i like to see them do steps And then I can sense. change if I don't like it. I so you. I never do like a whole choreo and or a whole show. show. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, I just do a small part and then like, okay, until next week, I will figure out the new part. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense because when yeah. you see it and obviously you don't have them there, like, like crash dummies to like put them yeah. in different positions and things like that to exactly. see how it works. So you can have an idea in your head. I'm like, okay, ladies, do this. This is my idea. Oh, nope, that doesn't look good. Okay, let's Mm -hmm. try this. Let's try that. It doesn't fit with the music. So it can definitely be like something that's on the fly, but it also takes time. So how many practices do you have until you get to like the final product? Uh, Normally, it's uh, 14 weeks. Okay, so it's a commitment. Yeah, two two hours per week mm-hmm. uh, for fourteen weeks. Uh, but like, yeah, this year has been different. So we did the fourteen weeks, but then also we did a little bit practice in the summer because we wanted mm-hmm. to do the video because we couldn't do the show. But yeah, normally it's like during one season. I got you. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. So uh, this has been a really fun conversation talking about all kinds of different things. I think we're over an hour now. So, oh my God, it's so fun. (laughs) (laughs) I I could continue. (laughs) This was not as bad as I thought. I was like a little bit nervous, but. Yeah, well, once you get it going, it's really, really fun. But I I do have another section of the podcast where I ask more personal questions and Mm -hmm. just to kind of people to see you in a different light outside of dance, you know? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But I have kind of a question that's going to like lead us into that because I'm curious if you could choose maybe three songs that you say like are your favorite songs of Kizomba from like all time. Do you Ooh. think you could, you could choose? No, I don't think because yeah, it's too many. And it's like, I listen to a lot of music Mm-hmm. but not as much as maybe I should, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like with the names and with the artists, mm-hmm. I always forget, but when the song comes, I'm like, oh my God, this is my favorite. Oh my God, this is... Yeah, but I'm bad of like, yeah, this song and this song and this song. No, mm-hmm. when I hear them, I know. 
<laughs> well, there's so many like exclusives and remixes of different songs, yes. so it's gonna be really hard to to keep track for sure. Yeah. So I, I feel you. Um, how about like your favorite Kizoma song at the moment? Like if That's... I was like open up your SoundCloud and I go to your favorite ones, like what mm-hmm. would be like the first three ones there? Uh, lately, I've been listening a lot to Yaliwis. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, Levis. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Yaliwis. His remixes. So. Uh, I got you. Because he's the one that sings uh, Libala, that DJ Zaytze yes. did, yeah? Oh, I love Libala. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I think his songs, I really love them. I got I you. Know. He's mm-hmm. a French singer, yeah? Yes. I got you. He's, nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what is an interesting quirk about you that not a lot of people know? Oh, I was thinking about this one, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if I have a quirk. When I asked Mirti this question, mm-hmm. she told me that she likes to take three hour long baths, like okay. maybe mm-hmm. multiple times a week. So that's interesting because <laughs> I know I into a raisin <laughs> after a while, you know. But I actually have, yeah, maybe when I t- tell this to my friends, they're like, huh? Because I have a shower, mm-hmm. but I love to sit on the floor in the shower and just also I can shower watching a series, sit there to just kind of meditate or just, yeah, chill in the shower. On I feel her. Yeah, I'm sitting on the floor because... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, go ahead. Uh, uh, go ahead, I, go ahead. Uh, when I moved to this apartment, like three years ago, I was thinking to buy uh, this small chair so I could have mm. it in the shower, but I didn't. <laughs> so yeah, I've just been sitting on the floor and I've actually done that like since as long as I can remember, like even back in the days back at home, I was sitting mm. in the shower and if I had a bathtub, I don't actually like to fill it up. I like to just lay there having the shower on me yeah. and, and fall asleep. Interesting. Yeah. So I remember when I went, one of my first European trips, uh, I went to the hotel bathroom and they have mm-hmm. the shower, but then sometimes they don't have the shower curtain. And yeah. so it's, oh, I guess yeah. mm-hmm. in that instance, I guess you're supposed to sit down and shower because if you stand up and use a shower, <laughs> then you're going to spray the water everywhere. Right. Or I don't know. Do you know the proper way to use a shower head? Is that, to, is that the way that you're supposed to do it? To, to sit down and have the shower head and use it versus standing up and using the shower head? No, I no. you can do what you want because I know in US, you just have it like in the ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have both. We have j- both in the ceiling and like holding handheld it. Yeah, if yeah. You were, if, yeah. So sometimes you have one where you, it's like a mm. permanent fixture and yeah. you can't move it. And sometimes yeah. you can buy like from Home Depot, the one that you can mm-hmm. put on and then you mm-hmm. have the holes so you yeah. can move it around and get your back and all kinds of different areas. And I, I only shower with this one because I don't like to take the one from the ceiling actually. Mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. I gotcha. But no, actually about the curtains, I don't know why you didn't have it, but actually like I have a little bit of claustrophobia, so I don't like to use curtains. Mm. So you prefer a glass door? Yeah, glass door or nothing. So Mm. I actually bought one um, curtain that is (laughs) see-through. Ah, I gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't like when it gets like dark and I'm just Mm. like, I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Unless you have a Mm. light in the the shower that 
shines the light so you can see but sometimes you don't have this but but not even then i want to see what is happening like <laughs> in the bathroom <laughs> so nobody comes in and like secretly attacks yeah. you or like a secret yeah. murderer or something like that i got you i have one i have one more kirk actually now sure. when i think about it. maybe it's not like i probably many people have this but like i said i have a bit of claustrophobia Mm-hmm. So I am super kind of afraid to lock doors, especially mm. toilet doors. Mm. So when I'm like out in restaurants or something like mm-hmm. that, either I ask a friend to go in and lock and try if it works mm. or I don't lock and she have to stand outside, wait for <laughs> me. <laughs> Because if it's like the slice is like not easy to lock, I can mm. like get really, really panicked inside. Interesting. So I don't like to lock doors. And like one time I went with a train mm-hmm. and I, I really had to go to the toilet, but like I tried, but I was so afraid that I was going to get locked in. So mm. I, I prefer to skip it because I'm so afraid. But then somebody could walk in. Like if you're using the, the yeah, toilet. So I, yeah, I would not go if I cannot lock, but, Interesting. <laughs> but it, it actually happened <clears throat> that I, like been sitting and like holding the door because I was too mm-hmm. afraid to lock it. That makes sense. <laughs> Maybe too much information, but yeah. It's locking okay. doors. I don't care. <laughs> that definitely fits the category yeah. of the question. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So yeah, this moment. Next question. What would you say mm-hmm. is your favorite childhood memory? Oh my God, childhood memories. Do I even remember? Or one of your favorite childhood memories? Oh, damn, it's a hard one because like I need to get like pictures in my head because mm-hmm. I don't have like, I don't think I have like a specific moment. Mm-hmm. Like I, ha- I, I think I had a good childhood, so yeah. there was a lot of good things happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got you. Maybe playing soccer or maybe like one of the classes or maybe Christmas with the family. I don't know. Yeah, my parents are divorced since I was little. Mm. So Christmas was good, but nothing that I was like, oh, remember this. But gotcha. Do you guys yeah. in Sweden have the equivalent of like a sweet 16? No, we don't. Mm. No. Like when the lady moves from like no uh, longer a girl into like <laughs> a woman. No, we don't have it. Nothing like that. I got you. No, like here it's more like when you get 18, you get your driver license, you mm-hmm. can move out, you are a grown up. Yeah. Mm, I got you. Because I mm-hmm. know that even in some uh, Latino cultures, they have the quinceañeras. Mm-hmm. And that's another celebration of like the woman or the girl moving into womanhood. Yeah. I got you. No worries. Mm-hmm. Next question. What is your favorite animated movie? I'm so bad at this. Okay, let's just say some... Um, Do you watch maybe, movies a lot? I watch movies a lot, but like I said with the music, I'm so bad <laughs> at coming up with the names. Like, mm-hmm. I watch a lot of movies, a lot of, mm-hmm. lot of series, so mm-hmm. I should like, but it doesn't get stuck on my head. Like, I love most of the animated uh, mm-hmm. movies. Like Disney mostly, or...? Yeah, yeah, Disney. I got you. Okay, yeah. we can do that. Mm-hmm. Next question here would be, what app do you say that you, would you say that you use the most outside of social media, uh, messaging, and yeah, out of social, out, besides social media and messaging and music, what apps do you use on your phone the most? 
I was gonna say this is an easy one because I thought I was gonna be able to say like Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> nope, besides that one. Oh my God. I was like, okay, this one I have. Uh, no, but then I think it has to be Netflix, I guess. Mm, I got you. Always watching the series and things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. Since you don't know your most favorite one, what's the last thing that you watched on, Nef- on Netflix? The last thing I watched was um, a movie called The Secret Dare to Dream. I haven't heard of that one. Is that a Netflix original? Uh, it just came out. Mm. It's an American movie. I got you. What's it called I don't know again? The Secret Dare to Dream. Okay. I've seen this image. Mm-hmm. Katie Holmes, Josh Lucas. Okay. How was that for you? I think it was awesome. I got you. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. It was like a little bit of like, okay, there is still hope for the humanity. Mm, you, you, especially after 2020. Exactly. You don't need to maybe know the person to be nice to a person and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. Gotcha. Nice, nice, nice. nice. Mm. Okay. So we have two things left for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Item number one is going to be to let people know how they can reach you and yeah. follow you on social media. And if you have any uh, promotion that you want to kind of put out there. And mm-hmm. the second item would be an inspirational quote for the dance scene out there. Okay. So you want me to start? <laughs> I can be with me. Uh, you can reach me on Instagram. And my name is Mikis, M-I-K-I-Z-Z. You say that in English? Yes. No? You can Z-Z. say Z yeah. or Z-Z. Yeah. Z-Z, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mikis. And on Facebook, is Mikela Kisomba. Mm, and that's your own Facebook page, yeah? Yes. Okay, so I'll be sure to include those links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you been doing any online classes or anything like that? No, I just hosted Ronis and Christophers. Mm. But like I'm I should do. Mm-hmm. And like even Christopher has say I can help you because you know I'm really bad on those technical things. Mm, I got you. <laughs> uh, so I I've, I've been just lazy on that part. Maybe also you know this year has been different. I should have mm-hmm. taken the time, but I was focusing on my education For and sure. I just, I just like, okay, maybe next year I will try to do it. Yeah. I mean, th- there's no reason to apologize. You have to kind of figure out what works yeah. best for you, you know, and exactly. especially with this year with everything shutting down and all mm. the protests that have been going on, sometimes that can affect people in different ways. And so you really sometimes just have to hunker down and take care of you and the home base. And then when mm-hmm. you feel like that is safe and secure, then maybe you can branch out again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I know there's definitely some ladies that would like be, it'll be cool to like have like maybe a pre-recorded choreo and like maybe yeah. share that around the world because mm-hmm. I mean, we could always use more shows in, in the, in the kids world for sure. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I forgot to ask you about your education and uh, the barbering that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did you decide to start that? When, when did that start? Uh, like, Ever since I finished high school, I was like, okay, my thing is dance. Uh, my plan A, plan B, plan C is dance. Mm. But if I have to have like something to fall back on, like a mm. normal job or what people would say, I have always loved to do hair. So I was like, okay, mm. I could do an education for hairdressing. Uh, but then like these past years, barbering 
has become really big, you know, more men are doing beers and stuff like mm. that. So I think it was like two years ago, I was like, okay, it would be nice to become a barber because mm -hmm. I don't really have the energy to become a hairdresser to do ladies hair and to do all the coloring and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's too I can much. Imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about it. And then it was like also a matter of fact of like the education, it was private. So it cost a lot of money. Mm. and I was just like pushing it and pushing and pushing and then when all of this happened this year I was like okay now I really have the time mm -hmm. and it would be nice to have something more to fall back on For and sure. it's a job that I can do everywhere I am in the world mm -hmm. and it's a job that is very flexible where For I sure. can in the end have my own times and I mm -hmm. could manage to also dance at the same time For sure. Yeah. So you wouldn't necessarily be working at a salon. You would like have your own place that you could rent and like have your clients to come see you. And first of all, because I'm like new in the industry or what to mm -hmm. say, I think it's more safe. Like I like it. I like thing, when things are safe, you know, for me mm -hmm. and uh, not so much stress. So I will be like in a salon, like mm -hmm. to being, start off being high. Exactly. And if I feel it, I don't have like, oh, I need to have my own thing. But like, you can always like rent a share, your, mm -hmm. your own, but you're renting a share in another salon. So maybe that's the goal in the future, but sure. I don't have like a timeline. Mm, I got you. Mm. One of my friends that cuts my hair here in Austin, he definitely uh, rents a chair or like a little mm -hmm. space in like a salon, but like the whole place is like maybe... 20 or 25 different spaces and it's all like barbers and hairstylists mm -hmm. and maybe a massage therapist depending on what they're doing so they rent their space and then he has like his own clients but i've been going to him for like five years now and so mm -hmm. but he does appointments only so yeah. um, it's definitely a doable thing but i think he gets most of his clients from instagram because he's always posting his photos mm. of the hair yeah. and people come and see him so it's it's definitely doable cool yeah yeah cool um okay and what is your inspirational quote for our people my quote is do what you love and love what you do mm -hmm. and why did you choose that one I think it's like, I am not a person that is good, like on quotes and like mm -hmm. I told you, like uh, being, talking about what it's in my head, but there mm -hmm. is always a quote that I feel like matches with me. Mm -hmm. I always do what I love, mm -hmm. no matter what. For sure. And I think there's like different ways you can look at that quote. It's like, do what you love. So that means mm -hmm. find out what are the things that you love and pursue those mm -hmm. things. But then love what you do is like, okay, even if the thing isn't like your most favorite thing in the world, you can find a way to like look at it in a positive way and yes. kind of look at it in that perspective. And I remember um, this one idea, I forgot who, who said it, but he said like by changing your language, you can say like, mm -hmm. oh, I have to go to work today. Oh, I have to go to school today. And I think he said to change it to like, um, I get to. I get mm -hmm. to go to work today or yeah. I'm not sure if it was I get to I specifically but something's like oh I have the the benefit or I, I'm grateful that I get to go to work today I'm grateful that I get to go to school today because not everybody has access to school yes. not everybody has a job 
um, some people are, are not li with living with us anymore. So you're alive and you're able to do yeah. things. So you have to kind of like take it from that perspective as well. Exactly. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we all learned this year to be more grateful of everything. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Definitely. Yes. Okay, Michaela. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. It was a lovely conversation um, with lots of laughs, and I was able to find out more about you outside of just the awesome Kizomba follower that you are, more as a human being. And it was great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for checking out the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast today. Be sure to check out neokizomba.com for links to everything that we chatted about today, as well as some awesome free resources to enhance your Kizomba journey. Break it down.